Today on the show, I'm talking to Bethany Cosentino. This conversation was fairly revelatory for me. I think we get at the heart of a lot of what I'm trying to explore here with this whole series. I'm not trying to be song exploder. I'm definitely not trying to be dissected. Those are two amazing podcasts. And why would I try to be that when they're already that? The kinds of things I'm interested in are are like... Uh, You know, if you have like your song creation where zero is is no song and 100% and 100 is like the song being finished. What I'm trying to explore is how do you get from zero to one? (laughs) That's the hardest part of all of this for me. To do that, you have to get at some fundamental things that maybe aren't necessarily the the first thing you think of when, when you're thinking about songwriting. My conversation with Bethany happened September 2nd of 2020. I'm going to push record. Wait, wait. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's recording. So how you doing, Bethany? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I think I'm okay. You think you're okay? I think I'm mostly okay. You know. Well, that's that's good. There's there's the the waves for sure. And I can't tell yeah. I I can't tell. I was talking I was talking with somebody else. We're having the conversation of like when all this like went down, it was like, all right, uh, I'm just going to do, I'm going to execute. I'm going to mm-hmm. get things done. Okay. Th- I can't do that. Whatever. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do this. And didn't, didn't, wasn't really letting in the reality yeah. <laughs> of the whole situation, you know? And I think I that at, at some point that caught up with me and I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. I, well, I remember when you reached out to me to do the cover song and you were like, oh, yeah, we're doing all this stuff. And meanwhile, I was like <laughs> learning how to like cook soup and like was wearing sweatpants all day long. I was like, damn, people are just out here like working. And I'm full. I, I feel like I had the opposite experience where in the beginning I was just like pajamas all day long, soup making. And now I'm sort of like pivoting into this place where I'm like, OK, I'm ready to like do yeah. shit and work. That's probably, so. you're probably going to end up better for it. <laughs> and I'm going to end up way worse for it. I think I, mean, it, that, I, I think it's just like whatever happens is what's supposed to happen. Like however you handle it is just like how yeah. it works. If you don't handle it all that well, then you sort of had to handle it not all that well to really understand what, how you should have handled it. Yeah. You know? Life is just a series of meaningless lessons and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then not we die. All of them, not all of them are meaningless, but you know what yeah. I mean. You you definitely had it. It was cool because like you know you you were you're like okay let's do this cool, but I, I'm not okay. <laughs> and that, that was I thought that was like that was really good. That was really good that you like weren't afraid to say I'm not okay and 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 you were like yeah that's t- t- no no this isn't right. <laughs> Actually, this isn't all right. It's taken me a long time to get to a place where I'm okay with just admitting like that I'm, you know, like bummed, depressed, upset, anxious. Oh, by the way. Oh, yeah. My dog? That's yeah, yeah. probably going to happen. Sorry. That's, okay. That's, that's totally fine. <laughs> the professional levels of recording things at home for pet owners come with dogs. Just yeah, of course. See the mailman. They, they go off. Um, 
but but anyway, like, yeah, it's taken me a long time to get to a place where I'm just like, okay, shit just sucks. And just, you know, like, I just try to lean into it. Yeah. Because what else can you do? I don't think what I was doing was necessarily incorrect because you have to focus on what you can do, where your opportunities are, instead of just dreading all the stuff you can't do and and obsessing over what has been taken away because that's not, it's not helpful. You're not going to be effective at anything if you're just lost in that. But you do have to acknowledge, (laughs) okay, yeah, do you have to get present with what's, what's really happening yeah. The reality of your of your condition, just check in with yourself and be honest with that. And yeah. it's okay. It's okay if that doesn't look like the the you that you want to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like the, the you the you that you think you should be. Totally. I mean, basically it was in shock. <laughs> I mean, that's kind I mean, of I think I I think like the whole world was in yeah. shock and especially like you and I talked about this it's like we both like had tours scheduled and like stuff happening and records that were coming out or had just come out. And it's just like, it was so the, the literal opposite of like what happens when you're like on an album cycle and you're just like, go, go, go. And you're doing press all the time and you're promoting stuff. And you're, it, it, it's just like to go. Cause I'm sure you've experienced this, like in all the years of doing what you do, it's like the come down of like coming home from tour is already such a thing. And it's just like, you get home and then you're like, oh, there's no tour manager. There's no day sheet. There's no catering. There's a, what do you do? And so to be like thrust back into that life so unexpectedly of just like now I'm home and I'm stationary. It was such a mind fuck. And I think like everybody experienced shock. But for musicians especially, I think it was just like, what do we do? Because our right. entire livelihood was just like taken. And it was like, OK, cool. I guess we figure out how to do this remotely. And like, you know, you had your experience the way that you were supposed to have it. I had mine, which was tie dye sweatsuit and soup. And, you know, seven months later, here we are having this conversation. What the hell is this year? <laughs> it's so crazy. You did to crazy. sort of compartmentalize, compartmentalize, I'm putting an extra vowel in there. Compartmentalize. 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 You have to mentalize <laughs> compartly that, like your 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 time and your day and where you put your focus. Like if you're if you're in a touring kind of schedule, yeah. it's an insane thing to try to explain to people who don't do it. Exactly. And in, at first they're like, "What are you talking? What are you talking about? That sounds awesome!" And like, okay, after like week eight, yeah, it's it's like nothing nothing is truly awesome all the time. And to protect <laughs> to protect that place that is awesome and should be awesome. And, you know, really, really should be the motivating place for for all of this to protect that. You do have to put things, you just have to like look at the world that, as it's happening in a certain way. Yeah. And, and that means um, shutting some stuff out and having boundaries and, and, and focusing on, on smaller things that would never happen if you were not on tour. You wouldn't you never totally. even start to think that way. Exactly. <laughs> it's completely Cause different. Because you literally don't have time to. That's the thing is like, you just, when you're on tour, it's like, because obviously there's a lot of downtime of like between sound check and when you go on stage and when you get to a venue and all this stuff. But it's like that 
that downtime is also filled with like clutter and chatter of like, do I have everything I need for the show? What's the ticket sales? Like all of these thoughts. And like when you're just home and it's like, there's a global pandemic, the world is burning, the president is psycho, there's injustice and civil unrest and racism and all this crazy stuff. You're just like at home with none of that. And you're like, ah, like it's just, and that's not to say that like, I wasn't ever thinking about the, you know, the bigger picture, like bigger things going on, bigger than me in the world. But it's like to have the ability to just sit on the couch and think about that stuff 24 hours a day for the last several months, it's been... It's been a unique journey. I will tell you that. Yeah, it's it's fatiguing <laughs> in a yeah. whole different way. Totally, totally. Oh, I watched your um, the crazy for you anniversary. Oh, that you guys just did. Congratulations thanks. on entering Thank the ten year anniversary cycle of 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 accomplishments. I'm I'm truly like baffled. I don't understand how it's been ten years, but it has. And thank you for being a part of it. And oh yeah, yeah. Um, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun and different and weird and not the way we expected to celebrate it, but it worked out. Maybe we talked about this before, but like the elements of that, that do work about what we're all, uh, as creative people, musician people, the, the, the elements of this that we find are working to connect with, with fans and to, to do cool stuff. I think those are going to be around forever now. Totally. And I think things like that, like why, when you think about it, it's like, well, why wouldn't we just do something rad <laughs> and, know, and, right? and and film it and have it be like for fans? Why wouldn't why wouldn't we just do that anyway? Like this is cool. Some of it's cool. It, totally, I I agree with you because like when we because our original plan was to play this like big show in L.A. and we were going to bring in a bunch of bands from sort of like the the early two thousands or sorry the early tens I suppose. Um, the early 2000s are totally different. Um, but we, yeah, like we had this big plan that we really wanted to like just go all out and celebrate this album. And then when all of this happened, it became very clear that it was like, eh, it's not going to work out. And I was trying to come up with a concept and I was like, you know what? This actually oddly makes more sense to do it this way than it does to play this like big outdoor amphitheater show because it really like went back to the true core of like what Best Coast was in 2010, which was just like two friends making music, making art with their friends. We went in and like, you know, recorded this thing with one of our really good friends, Kevin Hayes, who shot and edited the thing. And then Carlos De La Garza, who produced Always Tomorrow, who's become a close friend of ours. Like it was just like friends getting together and doing this thing and sharing it with people and then getting to like sit at home and watch it with everyone and be on the live chat and like do a Zoom. And it it was just it suddenly it was like this actually makes way more sense to celebrate Crazy for You this way than it did to like go play it, you know, with this massive like full band and like this big production like. So yeah, right. it's just like it worked out exactly how it was supposed to, I suppose. But but yeah, you're right. It's like doing this kind of stuff. It's fun, and I think it's also like as a creative person who like constantly feels like I have to be working and have to be out and doing things. It's been really nice to just like do shit from home. And so I'm like, "Oh, this is cool. I get to like promote stuff and connect with my fans, but I can do it from the comfort of my kitchen or guest room or my backyard. Like, you know, it's just like, why wouldn't I 
Why wouldn't I like enjoy my house? <laughs> sure. So I got today's a pretty busy day. I got a one fifteen in the kitchen, and then a three twenty five in the backyard, and you know, I'll yeah, take care of some stuff like, in the laundry room on the way making, between. I'm doing laundry today. That's currently happening while we do this. You yep. know, I'm like creating my own day sheets. I'm just like, here's what you do. You're going to put up signs around your house, like catering this way, leads to the kitchen. <laughs> the arrows. Yeah. Dressing room one. <laughs> just like arrows everywhere. <laughs> I didn't know that about, about Drew Barrymore. Yeah. And the RD of it. That's cool. You got like, it's, it's kind of funny, but she sort of played a, a strange role in perpetuating our career. Oh, at yeah. a pivotal at a pivotal time, we had just made Clarity, uh-huh. and the 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 previous record we did for Capital Static Prevails, I think, sold maybe a, a grand total worldwide of maybe three thousand copies, <laughs> which was like ridiculous. Like I to this day, I don't understand exactly what we were doing on Capital, but um, they gave us money, and um, <laughs> so like there was. Not a whole lot of incentive for them to put out clarity. And then all of a sudden, like Drew Barrymore, for whatever reason, uh, you know, she she wanted one of our songs on her Never Been Kissed movie soundtrack. Uh-huh. And then like it was kind of instantly after that, we got a release date. K-Rock added the song. Yeah, that's that's funny that we share the Drew push. Yeah, she did you ever get to meet her? Yeah, we did a thing when she was promoting the movie. Where we went and, and like did a song at a radio station, yeah. and she was there, which was weird. <laughs> she's like, she's so nice and like down to earth. And yeah. like when that when that whole thing happened for us, it was like because again, like you know, when I talk about it, I talked about it in the anniversary special. It's like we were still so new, and I was like so fresh out of like dropping out of college and just didn't really know what I was doing, and so to suddenly be like working alongside Drew Barrymore to direct a music video for like a song I had written in my bedroom. I was like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) And then like her and I were like texting and like she was coming to shows and we were, and I was just like, what is life? Like truly what is life? Who am I right now? What is this? Literally, literally who am I? What is happening? If only my teachers in high school who all marked me down as like troublemaker could see me now, you know? (laughs) putting the putting the troublemaking to good use exactly exactly figured out a profession where you can be a healthy troublemaker and get away with it (laughs) a safe environment for all the trouble you can make Mm -hmm. were were you able to take that in 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 similar kind of stride back then like it's a really strange thing to be thrust into that and i know for what we, we'd always felt like our, our career had kind of been slowly moving up and up and up. And it seemed like this kind of slow thing. And then all of a sudden it got really fast. Yeah. And I found myself not, not realizing it at the time, but putting things in compartments again to kind of yes. protect, kind of protect, like it was just so insane that I wasn't taking any of it seriously, mm-hmm. but which is good. You shouldn't take any of this seriously. It's ridiculous. But I wasn't, I wasn't having, I wasn't having gratitude for it. Yeah. You know, I was, I was, I was keeping the boundary so rigid that I wasn't letting in any gratitude for what had happened. I just felt the whole thing was ridiculous and yeah. it could go away at any time. And that's how I was protecting myself. But, and then that course that like, like, like this whole situation now, it kind of caught up with me at a point and I was like, whoa, what just happened? What? Yeah. Like, and then it was weird. Yeah. 
I mean, I had a very similar experience. Like we, we truly started, I mean, I like the, the, you know, the story is like, I, I'm a high school dropout. I like tested out of high school early. I was like, fuck this. I don't want to do this. I then like started making like singer songwriter solo kind of like adult contemporary style music at the age of like 16. I got offered well, I didn't get an offer, but I had like major label people courting me and were like, we want to make you a star. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Like, I'm just a punk. I don't want to be, you know, a pop star. And then decided that I wanted to like go back to school. So I went to school and then I moved to New York, went to college for like a semester, said, fuck this, moved back to LA, started my band. And then before I knew it, it was like Best Coast was a thing. And I don't even think I ever had the opportunity or the chance to really process what was happening because it just, it, it just happened. Like I started writing songs. I started sending them to Bob, my bandmate and was just like, Hey, like, do you like these? Do you want to put stuff on them? We started collaborating. And then it just, it was like a big snowball effect into suddenly like this record that was like, had charted on billboard and like, I was on tour. I, I I was just like, what? And yeah. so I think it wasn't even, honestly, like, I don't even think it was an option for me to even have gratitude or like a moment with it where I was like, this is so, oh my God, because I was <laughs> 22. I was like freshly, you know, had just dropped out of college. Like I had no coping mechanisms. I just didn't know what the hell was happening. And it happened so fast that I think everything just kind of like, just went and happened and happened. And then it wasn't until like a decade later that all of a sudden I was like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> yeah. whoa, yeah. you know? <laughs> that was kind of like... Yeah, like, it's just like, I think, I think, and I'm sure you can agree with, or that you would agree with this. It's like, we, I feel like people that become musicians or become art artists or creative people in any sort of capacity, like we do it because it's like, we're lacking the ability to like work a nine to five or like in an office, you know? And so I just didn't, I just knew like, I'm never going to, life is never going to work out for me if I continue to just like work retail jobs or like push myself to think that I have to like exist in this structure of like, I have to have a real job. Like it's almost, it's a blessing and a curse, you know? Cause it's like, we're very lucky and not lucky. Lucky is the wrong word because we work really hard for like what we have. Like we're very blessed, I suppose, yeah. to have the opportunity to do what we do. But then the curse side is that it's like we can't really do anything else. This is what we're good at. Yeah, you know, to, like to do could it. Could you go work in an office? I couldn't. <laughs> like, Doing what? what? Tomorrow, someone <laughs> was like you. Jim, it's time for you to become an accountant. Could doing do like work in office, I had to think about it for a second. I was like, wait, but doing what? <laughs> like what? Like, like if you had to become an accountant. An accountant? I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, if I had to, to, all the accountants. But if it was, sure, if, if it was a matter to. of like survival, <laughs> not to, not to, not to, not to be to bag on any people who are accountants. No, but we, we need them. There's, we need accountants. Yeah. There's, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, for me, it was like the, the, just the connection. Yeah. Once I got past the, the physical awkwardness of mm-hmm. playing an instrument and yeah. I started to be able to just think something or feel something and play. And I felt like I was making a kind like of just not thinking about it and letting go and, and 
making something mm-hmm. that sounded that was exploring a feeling like that's 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 drugs. <laughs> yeah. That's this right there. That's like, oh, my God, this is the best. And nothing else has really come close to that, you know, as far yeah. like and I think that's the any sort of social awkwardness, any sort of like uh, feeling of of uh, not good enough, not not whatever, whatever, whatever your life hangups were just sort of like went out the window as, as soon as you sort of made a connection with creating something totally. and hearing it and back. I, and I think also that connection that you have between your fans and like what you create and then sort of like handing it over to the world and saying like, okay, it's yours now, like do with it what you will. Like that experience, that sort of like exchange that you get is so for me, at least it's so like, there's not, it's like you said, it's like drugs. It's like, there's nothing else like that. There just is no other experience like that. And I think for me, that is really the thing that has taught me over the last decade of doing this, that it's just like, this is truly like, not to sound cheesy, but it's like, this is what I was meant to do. Whether it's continuing doing Best Coast or doing something else. Like, I just feel like I have found sort of like my calling in life. And that's what I mean when I say like, I couldn't go and work Like I've worked every type of job there is. And I always was either getting fired or like would just stop showing up because I just, in order for me to put my all into something, I have to have a passion and like a fire behind it that like propels me forward. Otherwise I'm just like, like puzzles. I tried to do puzzles at the beginning of the quarantine. I was like, okay, like this is a nice, like, you know, it'll help me with my anxiety. I'll just sit here. I'll do a puzzle. Like I get, I finished one and then I just gave up on all the rest. Cause it's like, I don't have that passion for puzzles. I cannot be propelled <laughs> forward to complete the puzzle, you know, but when it comes to like singing and writing music and like just writing in general, anything that sort of allows me to be creative, it's like, that's the shit that I need to sort of like, that's my life force right. truly is like what I've realized. Do you think that because you've solved puzzles like with with songwriting, like you know what's on the other side of it? Yeah. That that kind of propels you toward uh uh the that that, that sort of gets you through the times when like something just isn't working. Like you, you want it you have the idea in your head, but whatever you're whatever you're choosing to do to get it there isn't exactly sounding the way you want it to, but you push through that to totally. get to get somewhere. Like there's, there's definitely like, there's definitely a a level of resistance that you'd bump into and you're either going to push through it or you're going to reframe your expectations for the idea or you're going to quit. And I mean, I guess that's everything, but, but for, for, for music, I think we bump I think musicians and songwriters bump into that all the time. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely like had songs before that I just quit because I'm just like, I'll try and it just doesn't like I'm just like eh, whatever and I just kind of like put it in you know a place where it's just like okay it goes there now to like the void and I just leave it alone and then there was actually a song on Always Tomorrow that um and now I can't remember what song oh it was Master of My Own Mind which was like one of the songs on the album that I think is one of my favorites and it seemed like fans really liked that I had written for the record prior 
but I just, it was just kind of like cheesy. And I was like, man, put this again, like put this in the void, file this one in the like, no thanks, see you later. And then when we were getting ready to do pre-production for Always Tomorrow, I like revisited the the like the void the the void (laughs) and there it was and i was like oh you know what this is actually like melodically this is a cool song or not melodically like well yes melodically i was like this is cool i just would like to rework this and so i hit up bob and i was like do you remember this song and he funnily enough was like oh i actually was gonna suggest that maybe you like revisited that one because it was cool So it's funny how things work out in this way where it's like, I have definitely felt super defeated at times where I'm like, I just, I can't do this and I'll just like, you know, throw it away. And that is one instance that shows me that it's like, I have sort of almost like, not that every sort of situation ends that way, but there have been occurrences where I've had something that I've been like, ah, fuck this. And then it ends up working out for me like, in a just completely different way later on down the line. So I think that is interesting to, to, to think about where it's like at the time it felt like this sucks, this isn't right. And then, you know, four or five years later, it was like, this is right. Yeah. You know? The thing you're working on, it just seems like to fit right into that. Or you, you, you just cannibalize a section of it or a part of it yeah. or rework a part of it. And it seems to be the thing that works yeah. for your current thing. There's well, a song- I think also there's this there's this idea that I sometimes get in my head where it's like something that you write has to be so final and it has to exist exactly. It's like, okay, if I wrote it for this, it has to be this. And that experience proved to me that like art can, especially songs, like they can just be molded and changed and you can like grab a part from one thing and take it into another and like drop it in there and... So I'm really grateful that that experience happened because I think it changed that mindset for me where I don't see it in such black and white anymore. Until you're until it's on a record and your name's on it, there's really no rules. It's it's not done it's, yet. It's so true. There's it no be, results. It's literally just exists. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> even then it could just go away too. I mean, we've we've shelled we've shelled songs we had had mastered and and like sequenced on a record before because it was just like oh, uh, really? Uh, I don't, uh. <laughs> just like that too that's what the that's what the band meeting was like uh. yeah i'm familiar with those but we started we started a song in 2003 that was for our futures album mm-hmm. that we scrapped and we worked on it we actually recorded drums on it for real in the studio and scrapped it and it a version of that just seemed to work with what we were doing for our last album that came out in October. Oh, really? so it was like, sometimes like ideas are that long. Like I, we, I have the same yeah. thing. Like my void is, is constantly being mined to see mm-hmm. if there's like anything valuable yeah. for the, for now. Yeah. But then again, for every, for every one thing I pull out of there, I put like 30 things Ten. into it. Yeah. Same, same, same. <laughs> it's pretty wild. I think for me, it's just like I've been, especially I think in this this year, in the last few months, I've just been learning to really like make things without being so focused on the results. Like, because I think in the past, I've always been, like I was saying, I've always like written something and been like, this needs to be for something specific. This needs to go here. This needs to go, you know, over there. Never mind. It doesn't work. Throw it in the void. But now it's like, I'm like now I just sort of like sit on the couch and I like mess around with things. And I'm like, 
that's cool. I have no clue what I'm going to do with it, but it was cool. Good job, Beth. Like hat tip to you. You did it today. Like, there you go. Or like, you know, different things like journaling. Like I've been writing by hand a lot more, um, just sort of like stream of consciousness, just like getting shit out. And there's no result to that. It just is. And so I think that one of the biggest things for me as a creator this year that I've really sort of like, I'm starting to like own it and just like accept it and experience it is that idea of just literally just that experiencing things and not necessarily feeling like I have to have a result attached to said thing. I think that's really important that the, the work itself is the, the journey, the work itself is the reward. Yeah. And it's not necessarily about, um, does this fit in with a specific destination I have in mind, but just the act of doing it. Cause you never yeah. know, you never know what's going to come from it and like being okay <laughs> with not knowing what ends up with it. Yeah. That's a really, that's a really tough thing for me is, 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 um, not, is, is just letting go of where it has to be. Like, yeah. cause I'll, I, I don't, it's, it's difficult. If I sit down and say, I'm going to write a song for, for my band, mm-hmm. I don't do anything. But, but if I, if I sit down and I say, I'm just going to do something cool cause it's fun, then something happens. I, another thing that's been, that has sort of like evolved in me in terms of like this year is I'm learning to say no a lot more. Like I'm learning to just be more selective at the things in which I actually devote my time and energy to and not even coming from a place of like, nah, I, this thing sucks. I'm not going to do it. Cause I've been offered things this year where I'm like, that seems cool, but I just, I'm trying to like allow myself to experience joy because when you do something and you do it because you think you have to, or you think it's supposed to be done a certain way or sound a certain way or look a certain way, it sucks the joy out of it. And there's really, truly, it's like, why do we do this thing called music? Why do we do this thing called creating? Why are we artists if we're not experiencing any sort of like joy from it, you know? So it's like, I've just, I've had to get a lot more selective with things because I think for a long time I was saying yes to everything I was asked to do because I felt like I had to. And then by the end of it, I was like, I don't like that. Or I hated that experience or, oh God, now people are going to hear it or see it or whatever. It. I'm not always talking about music, just like whatever it is I agree sure. to do. But that is something that I've really been trying to be a lot more um, aware of this year is just saying yes to things that I truly believe will allow me the experience to be like, ah, joy, there it is. I feel it. It's there. I'm into this. There's a cost to saying yes to things. And some of those, and some of those things like are, I'm gladly going to pay the cost because I love, I would, I would hand you, it doesn't matter what it costs. I'm going to pay it because this is awesome. But there's other, but there's other things that, that the bill kind of creeps up on you <laughs> and, and you're like, why did I say yes uh, yeah. to this? It's sort of, it exactly. seemed like a great, it, it <laughs> sounded great when the waiter read off the special, but I don't think I really. And you're it's, like, I yeah. don't even like tuna. Why did I say yes to I the know, tuna? I don't I even, I don't even eat it. Yeah. It's, it's, I think also it comes with this idea of like, I don't know if you experience this at all, but I do this like this fear of scarcity where I'm like, if I say no, then all the opportunities will go away. Or if I like pull back a little bit on social media, or if I share less, or if I make things less personal, whatever it is, it's all going to go away. And I think I'm learning again, this year has been a 
I did not expect this year to be like my year of realizations and like things, but I'm like, damn, like it's been a lot of like light bulb moments for me. But another thing is just this idea that like saying no to something or not even saying no, but just having boundaries with things and being like, this is the way it works for me. Actually, it doesn't mean that the, it's going to disappear or that less people are going to come knocking on your door, asking you to collaborate or write or whatever. It just means that you're doing it in a way that works for you. And ultimately, like, that's the most important thing is that you're happy and that you feel good about the experience that you're experiencing, you know? So it's been a lot of lessons for me in just learning how to like set things up in ways that work for me while also realizing that like, that doesn't make me an asshole for being like, Hey, this is how I need it to be. Cause I think for a long time, I always thought I had to just be like head down, like, okay, whatever you say, because if I say no, or if I raise my hand and say, I don't like it, they're going to take this career away from me. And they're gonna be like, we're going to give it to someone who's more deserving, who says yes to everything, right. you know? <laughs> it's like, if your album doesn't break in, in Paraguay, it doesn't mean the record, the record label is going to think his album is a failure because he didn't put in the work to do that. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, other people's expectations are just, you'll never make it. You'll never totally. make it if you're, if you're, you're kind never, of trying to base you your, 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 no. dedicate your time and energy toward meeting uh, the approval of some imaginary other person. Yeah. Especially, especially in this business. There's, but it's, that's hard. <clears throat> that boundary can be hard to tell because there's there's something to gain from taking on a challenge. Mm -hmm. There's definitely there's definitely aspects of this and opportunities that do come by that might be daunting, but mm -hmm. you know that you're going to learn something. You're going to grow. It's not like a like a, I don't know what would be a good example. Like maybe the first time you got offered to do TV or something. It's like, holy mm -hmm. cow, this is like such a trip. But okay, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. we'll do it, you know? Well, I think it's also about learning to just like take risks and to have them be like acceptable risks that work mm, for yeah, you. Yeah. You know, like I get asked to do a lot of like co-writing and a lot of like collaborating and stuff like that. And my thing now is I literally will just be like, let me think about that. I'll get back to you soon. Because before I would be like, oh, I have to say yes. Because right. I would think like, what if this becomes the next Ariana Grande song? And then I can like dip out of, you know, Best Coast and just go live my life as like a pop songwriter. It's like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. But also like, I'm just, I, I think it's just to, to your point. It's like, it's this idea of learning that like, you also can like take a pause and think about something before you agree to do it. And I think in this industry, you do feel like you have to, you feel like you just have to constantly be like, yes, 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 yes. Because right. Cause is, if you say no, you know, then you're difficult. <laughs> or when it comes down to the, the, the Tuesday morning, uh, promotion department meeting where they decide, yeah. where they, they see like what records going up, what records going down and they're thinking who's, who's playing the game and who's not <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like which record, yeah. which, where, where's your album going to land on that? Yeah. But it doesn't, totally. in the long run, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It really doesn't. Yeah. It's not, something like I mean, that isn't going to make or break your career. It's true. That's also a really good slogan for like half of the shit that we allow to like stress us out, not just as artists, but like as humans, it's like, it doesn't matter. 
like the majority of it does not matter. That's like pretty much the basis of what Always Tomorrow, our last record is about is just me getting to this place of realizing like 90% of the things that I allow to like spin me out of control. And I'm like, oh my God, it's the end of the world are literally nothing. They're not a big deal. They're like a blip on the radar of life of like, who cares? And I just think that I, I've, I'm reaching because I'm not there yet. I still struggle with it. And I think I will forever because it's just the human condition. But right. like, I'm reaching a place with it now where I'm just like, who cares? Who cares? Because I don't want to waste my life caring and freaking out about things that are so truly like just far beyond my control. It just doesn't matter. But But then again, it's like I then but then I go back to the other side of the spectrum where I'm like, like, it all matters so much. It all matters. I was wrong. (laughs) And then you have to like sort of like pull yourself in like it's like, a you know, like where they're dragging someone off stage, like with the rope. And you're like, come back over here to the like normal side where things don't really matter that much. It's just a constant like ebb and flow. It's just it is what it is. With with our records that we make, there's like this point. They're like basically just some like summaries of my life mm-hmm. in between what's happened between the last record. So there's mm-hmm. a lot going on. There's there's really it's rarely that um, that something is about a specific thing until until maybe three fourths of the album has kind of come together. Then I kind of lean into what I think I'm telling myself subconsciously, you yeah. know. Um, and sometimes there, and sometimes it's 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 kind of like that. Like there's a theme that emerges and then, and it could be something like, like what you were saying, like nothing, this doesn't really matter. I'm the insanity is being completely invented in my head. And Uh literally nothing in the world has changed except in the last 15 minutes, I've driven myself insane. (laughs) There's like a truth to that. Yeah. And you real it, you realize it, but sometimes that doesn't always, it's hard to truly accept and yeah, I think no, for, for me, for sure. me, a lot of the a lot of the, the things I, I I work on are, um, I haven't truly accepted them. I'm exploring them. Totally. Like here, here's this here's this here's this thing that I've discovered, and I find it it's usually something pretty duh, but I haven't ex- haven't truly accepted it yet, and I'm and I'm surprised by that. So I'm exploring it, but. Yeah. You know, like maybe I, I love that. I love that idea, that concept of exploring it. That's yeah. That's like right how it should be. Yeah. 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 I think it it's interesting that you say that too, because I feel like when Always Tomorrow came out, I you know, I had this like big story around it where I was like, oh, I've accepted things. And I just, I've reached this place where I accepted it. And I think I I wasn't even really I think I was just like on some weird like cloud of just like, I've reached the mountaintop and I'm perfect now and everything is fine. And then like enter, you know, like Q 2020 COVID-19. <laughs> and suddenly I was like brought back down to reality of like, you haven't figured it out because life is not figure outable. Yes. You are just, and like you said, like you are just exploring ways in which you now have a better way to react to things that used to drive you insane for 24 hours a day, you know? So it's like, it's, it's interesting the amount, I, you know, I know I've said this a million times in this conversation, but it's like, it's so crazy the amount that I've changed just since that record came out, which was just in February of this year. And now <laughs> yeah. 
you know, I'm in September and I'm like, who's that girl that like did that interview that made that record? Like, and, and, and not in a bad way where I'm like, oh God, like, it's just more of like, whoa, like life is truly trippy in the sense that it just happens. And like you said, like to your point of nothing has changed in the world except for the 15 minutes that I've spent driving myself crazy, you know? So yeah, it's just like life is just there. It's just happening. And it's really, I think, boils down to a series of like our reaction to things. And uh, to your point of expectations, I think that's a huge part of it too, is like where your expectations are at for shit. <laughs> Yeah, this is like it's, a, this is like a music therapy session. I love it. <laughs> well, I you know it's, it's tough because I can't like I can't write about I I have sort of a hard time with with lyrics now because well at first at first I, at first I could just crank out lyrics like when we started the mm-hmm. band. Um, and in part that was because maybe there was truly nobody listening. <laughs> no one, there was nobody waiting for, to hear what the next thing I wrote was. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of freeing in a way. Yeah. No one, <laughs> literally no one did care except for maybe my parents. But, um, and I wasn't showing them my stuff cause I was embarrassed by that too. But, um, the, <laughs> you know, and that was easy. And, and also, I, you know, I didn't know very much about my process and I was, I was a kid, so I didn't mm-hmm. really have any kind of, uh, grounding life fundamentals in place that I was choosing to live by. It was just like, whatever came in is what's, is what it is. And I don't, I'm just doing this, man. Here's some yeah. lyrics. Let's record. Yeah. Cool. Let's play a show. Cool. <laughs> but now, but now it's like after some experience and after, like I know people are going to be listening. I know not everyone's going to like it, but I know that I'm going to get a shot with with some people who mm-hmm. who who found us and found something that they can relate to in that. Um, and also, there's just a lot more concrete fundamentals that I have for life myself. And so when yeah. I when I notice when I notice something's happening, like I notice something untrue about a lyric I'm writing, that's that, that sort of shuts the process down. Like mm-hmm. I can't, if I'm, if I, if I, if I feel like, if I feel like I'm complaining, <laughs> like as if I feel like I'm identifying as a victim in any way, like I, I, I kind of stop with that and I, I can just see the truth behind it. And then that kind of mm-hmm. shuts it down. I have to redirect it somehow to either, yeah. to either get to what I feel is the truth behind it. Mm-hmm. And explain that in some way that feels like a song, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is kind of, tr- which is sort of a trick in itself or, um, or just put it away until I am ready or until I do find, or until like another idea, another theme kind of comes that, along that I do want to write about that, that feels like it's true. Yeah. It's almost like, right. It sounds like what you're saying. And I think I experienced this a lot in terms of what I do. It's like, it's almost like you discover things about yourself through your through writing your lyrics. It's like it's almost like you're like you're in on it. You're like, oh, what is this thing? Interesting. I'm going to have to like ponder that for a second and get back to you. It's like it truly is almost like a therapeutic process of like breaking shit down and like looking at it and being like, oh, weird. Do you have any songs like, for example, like when we were doing this, the crazy for you stuff, like going back and playing those songs like 
I like was listening because I was listening to the album a lot to relearn it and like listening to the lyrics that I was writing at 22 years old. Like, I'm like, dude, like I, number one, I'm like, life was not as hard as I made it seem. Like I was 22 and just, you know, confused, but like, it was not as like, woe is me as like, I really made it out to be, but also like to see the growth between like where I was at then to where I'm at now, like it's actually like, it was like a really beautiful thing where I was like, whoa, it's so cool that like we get to make these like time capsules of our lives and like where we are. And then years later we can like reflect on them and be like, huh, remember that? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. You can look at it in that and see, see it as, see your growth in there and appreciate that. I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think crazy for you is pretty brave. Like there's, there's, there's like, um, there's definitely a level of honesty that I think you only get if you're a kid, (laughs) you know, like there, because there isn't that judgment of like, is this really, is this really conforming with the truth I know about life? Like, you're not thinking that you're just going, it's just, it's just like, I I I mean, especially then because it was like, I just made the record. Like we just made the record. It was like, there was no thoughts. It was just like it was easier because there was no pressure. There were no expectations. It was just like, here it is. Here's the songs. Here's the album. Like, there you go. Take it, do it, do what you will with it. But once the pressure started to come on, especially like making the second record with the success of the first one, it was like, I couldn't get out of my own way. I was just like, Oh fuck. Because you (laughs) lose that. You lose that. Like you saying that when you were like young and you were just writing lyrics that it was just like, you weren't showing it to anybody. And it was just like, who cares? It's like, there's just, there's, there's zero level of like, what will people think? Because you're truly just like making it to make it. And so I think it's like, it's hard when you've, that's a drug too. That's a drug too. When you just are like making it and you're like, who cares? Here it is to try and like get back to that high. It's almost impossible. You just, you'll never be able to get back there. You'll never, get, it, you'll never get back to that. Your only, your you only won't. hope, your only hope to it's continue wa- <laughs> is to find some way to find something you can truly accept that gets you past that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Com, come, come to, it's like, I can say that other that external validation isn't a source of my self-worth. But mm-hmm. <laughs> if everyone hates on what I did, it would be a bummer, you know, yeah, and there's a sure. fear. There's definitely a fear there of complete rejection. <laughs> yeah. You know, as much as I don't care, there is a fear of, of complete total rejection there. If I produce something, you know, yeah. I spend a lot of time on it. I'm proud of it. Like, it's, exactly. it's really it's really tough to wholly accept that 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 should be enough mm-hmm. that I'm proud of it. And that should be enough. And like. But I know that's exactly what I have to do more than ever now because somebody is waiting to hear what I come up with next. And they're mm-hmm. going to have an opinion and they're yeah. going to have the internet and they're going to let me know. They're, <laughs> they're going to let everybody let else know. know too. And they might they might let everybody know in a really clever way that gets shared with other people and, and <laughs> destroys my life. <laughs> it's so funny that you say this because I think I always wonder like – I, the way in which I experience criticism is it's like, there are two, there are two ways. The one is that I'm like, who cares? I read it. I'm like, whatever. Bye-bye. 
The other is, oh my God, they're right. I'm poor. I suck. Oh my God. And I'm like in my house for like a day being like, I should quit. I should go work at an office. Like I suck at this. Everyone hates me. And I always, like, I'm always convinced myself that I am the only artist out there, the only musician that cares that way or experiences that way. So it's actually like really nice to hear you say this because it's like, I know how much it sucks when something like catches you and you're like, fuck, now I'm going to think about this all day. But from my perspective, I'm like, thank God that you also experienced this. I got dudes walking on my roof. Uh oh. You're like, I hope it's, bro, I hope it's authorized. <laughs> You're like, bro, I'm trying to make content in here. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> bro, don't it's, you know this is going on the YouTube? It's 2020. Don't you know we're YouTubers yeah. now? <laughs> no, that's, it's a tough, it's a tough line to balance there. And, and yeah. it's, 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 I can say that. I know it's true. But can I truly breathe that in and and believe it yeah. <laughs> to the level that I, I know I should? It's like it's that's that's an imperfect quest. Yeah. Something that really helped me, kind of like what we were saying at the beginning of this conversation, I just reached a point with it where I accepted that I did care because I think as much as I say, I don't care what people think. Mm. I care what people think. I'm a human being. I don't, I don't care what people think in the way where I'm going to allow it to like be the, the deciding factor on like how I live my life or what I wear or what I sing about or, you know, what I choose to do in my personal life. But like, I care at the level where it's like, yeah, I, I'm a human. I want to be like accepted and I want to be, you know, told that I've done a good job. And I, yeah, it's not like, I don't find my value through that, but I also just kind of got to a place with it where right. I had to just be like, Bethany, you care that Rolling Stone doesn't like your record. It bums you out and that's okay. And to just like have that moment with it and be like, okay, it sucks. Moving on instead of, oh, my God, I'm a failure. I'm a fraud. I suck. Yeah, because that's no, sort that's... of like how it used to be. But now it's just kind of like it's OK to like be bummed that like Rolling Stone gave you a shitty review. Like they gave me a shitty review. I'm just like, thanks, guys. Whatever. See you later. Like, who cares? Like, that's how you get to the point of who cares by just accepting that you're bummed on it. Yeah. Because if you just are like, nah, 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 no thanks, no thanks. It's just like, it stays there and it's never addressed. No, that's true. That's, uh, that's definitely a different way to look at that. You know, like there's nothing that maybe I hadn't, maybe I actually hadn't pondered before that when you're confronted <laughs> with, uh, when you're confronted with that, the, the answer isn't necessarily to redefine. The answer to that is like, just to be honest with what actually is happening with you. Mm-hmm. Because if you're denying yeah. that, then you're going to end up in that position, like we've said before, where you're rolling down the road and you, you it catches up with you in totally. some way and, and detonates. It will always catch up yeah. with you. If it you're will not, always catch up with you. Yeah, but if you're but if you're honest and look at it academically, yeah, as a third person, almost. <laughs> yeah, Jim no, feels it's so bad. True. It's so it's so real. It's like really real in the sense that it's like if you just look at things in like you know, um, totally like from almost an outsider's perspective. And you have to sort of like ask yourself questions and answer them because it's just like, I mean, this is going to be a bad analogy, but I'm like, whatever, maybe this will work. It's like, if you leave mold somewhere, like it's just going to keep growing. You have to like address, you have to be like, okay, mold, like let's, let's get you out of here. And then 
sometimes it will come back and you have to do the same thing. But it's like, that's the same shit with like feelings, emotions, especially around art that you create. Like think about how hard you work on the stuff that you make. You work super hard. You care. You want people to like it. And when you see that like some, you know, Joe Schmo in like fucking Arkansas is like, this song sucks. It's like, there is a little part of you that's like, Oh, Joe, I wanted you to like it, though. Yeah. Joe from Arkansas, I wanted you to like it. I guess it's a bummer it, you don't. No, it's true you want people to like it. But it's also yeah. but it's also true you don't have any control over if they're going to like it. What you yeah. do have control over is that you like it and that you while you're while you're making it, you feel like there's there's some you're, there's some reward to that. Yeah. Like either personally, creatively, however, Whatever you're getting out of it, you better get something because Joe might come come down real hard on your Joe, might come down so real <laughs> Joe, dude, bring me down. There might be something, you know. It's like I don't know. People are gonna people are gonna say what is what the hell does any of this have to do with songwriting? But I think like this is this is no, this is everything about songwriting. <laughs> yeah, like no, the, it is. where you're at. Like I mean, unless you are 20 and and you're and you're just still going yet. But like once you you know, if you're if you're beyond that, then these are the things that come up and will come up every single time you, you sit down and have a pen yeah. and you're trying to figure out what to put to this line that has five syllables and might end in an A vowel sound. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're going to bump into all of this and you, you have to either acknowledge it and make peace with it and find some way to live with that and be uh, uh, finding finding growth within those within that or you're not or you're going to be staring at that blank page yeah it's real it it is because i think also it's like and also to be honest with you it's like this is the shit that i find way more interesting than like you know i'm sure you get this but it's like when you get the interview question of like what's your process what's your songwriting process it's just kind of like I don't know. Cause it's like, it's, just, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. different. But for me, at least it's like, it's different every time it's either some, an idea comes to me and I run to a guitar or I run to a piano or I run to a notebook or a computer or whatever. And then there are other times where I'm like beating myself up because I'm like, fuck, I like haven't written anything in a while and I feel like a failure and I suck and I should quit. And then the next thing I know I'm writing a song. So it's like, the the psychological elements of like songwriting are so they're they're really like important to how this stuff mm-hmm. gets made because you know we're we're yeah. at the end of the day like we're we're humans we have the same sort of like insecurities and doubts that non artists have we just all have them you can get into you can definitely get into the weeds with nerding out about technical aspects of every part of creating a song from, 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 if you want to get into music theory, if you want to get into rhyme structure, if you want to get Mm -hmm. into the way you're accenting, uh, the, the syllables in your lines and how that changes, like you can break it down and you can break down like frequencies in your amp and how that meshes with the, the note, that your kick drum is, is resonant note that your kick drum is ringing. Like you can get so deep down that way that it's no longer saying anything (laughs) and you're never, you're not really talking about anything, (laughs) you know, there's no, so, but, but I do think, and plus like I'm shocked at how 
similar everyone's processes, especially people that I that I think like you, you could do whatever you want. And like, yeah, I just sort of hum into my phone for voice memos. Mm-hmm. That's everybody. You know, yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no secret. Like at the, at the heart of it, there's no secret. Like you just yeah. do it. And, and I can't tell you how to do it, really. The, the place the place where your subconscious meets your present uh, existence and how you choose to let through stuff and how you choose to direct things is like the battle. <laughs> That's the real battle that that is never you can never win. You can only yeah. you can only have like you can only make progress or or uh, get your ass handed to you. But, but, but like that's, and that's going to be different every single day. I've been watching a lot of, um, those classic album documentaries and I've been like watching like the process of like making Fleetwood Mac making rumors and like Steely Dan making Asia and like all these like huge classic albums. And it's so funny because I'm not like a tech, a technical, like gearhead person like at all like that's that's bob's world i am more of just the you know i'm like here's the song let me go sing it let me play it you know that's sort of like my role and it's so interesting because to watch these documentaries like when i watched the one the rumors one like to see like christine mcvee and stevie nicks and Lindsay buckingham having the same type of anxiety (laughs) over their songwriting that i experienced i was like holy shit, it happens to everybody. It really does because it's like you can go deep into the, you know, you know, the the technical questions that I would truly be like, huh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, and that stuff is cool. And for certain people, like that's the like the meat and potatoes that they want. But I think it's so interesting that the commonality between all of us is we deeply care about this thing that we're making and that is why we make it. We make this shit for survival we make this stuff because we have these like feelings and things inside of us that we want to like expel and put them somewhere and so to watch these these documentaries of these albums that are like unthinkably massive and and classic it's just like that is the thing I'm noticing is that like John Lennon literally in the studio was like I don't know how I feel about this is this good it's like we all have it we're all freaks yeah we're all freaks who doubt ourselves all of us yeah. And that I think is sort of for me at least the guiding force of like like I was saying earlier the thing that propels me forward is the passion but also I think my idiosyncrasies my idiosyncrasies and my neurosis and my imposter syndrome at times has also propelled me forward to keep creating because it's almost like I want to prove myself wrong like you got this you can keep doing this who cares what Rolling Stone says just keep going. So it's interesting to think about it. Yeah, that way there's too. always a, there's always a phase if I'm really deep into something that that I end up, uh, you know, I can be show, so sure about it, so stoked on it, but then I enter the phase where I'm like, is this really any good? Does, does this suck? Yeah. Is this what? <laughs> what am I doing? Is everything wrong with yeah. this? Like what? Oh my god! And I think that's one of those moments, like like you were saying before, that like like with your. Um, do I want to collaborate on this? Like that would be an opportunity to say, okay, wait, I'll get back to, I'll get back to me on that tomorrow. If this is really, totally. if that's really what's going on. <laughs> Cause like, totally. usually, usually that means with, with a little bit of perspective, usually that means that I'm on the right path, that I'm almost done. <laughs> if yeah. I'm doubting everything, if I'm just like, Oh my God, I don't know anymore. Like, I don't know. <laughs> then it, yeah. then I'm close. 
totally. I find I find too that like the longer you the the more time you have with something, the longer you sit with like a finished record or a finished song, the easier it is for you to then get into that place of like this song sucks, this album sucks. Like, but when you kind of are existing in that way of like, okay, like I like this, it sounds good we'll revisit it later it's like that idea of like you have to look at things with fresh eyes and fresh ears it's like it happens because when you sit with it for too long i don't i can't speak for you for you but for me at least it's like i can just if i have something if i hold a piece of art in my hand for too long i will find every flaw and i will convince myself like no this is bad throw it in the void but if i have more of sort of like a quicker experience. And I think truly like to go back to crazy for you, that's why it worked as well as it did, because it was just like, we recorded it in two weeks. We were just like, here it is. Go, go on, like go live your life. And it blew up because it was just like the organic effortlessness of just existing. It, that is just like in that record. It's just intrinsically like in the DNA of that record. And I think that that is why it happened the way that it did because it wasn't overthought. It wasn't overthought. And I think that sometimes that is the kind of going back to that blessing and a curse of being an artist. The curse side is just like how highly critical we are. Talk, I mean, talk about critics and trolls and all this stuff. It's like, we're our own worst troll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, I, you don't got, you don't have anything on what I can do for, to myself. Really? Exactly. Like Joe, 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 take a number, Joe. Yeah, exactly. Let the expert take over. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool story, Joe. (laughs) You should see what I got in my own head. Hey, Bethany, thank you so much for making time to hang out and chat with me for this this wacky uh, project I have going on here. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's fun. I know a lot of people have checked out this podcast and thought this isn't about songwriting, but I would argue this is exactly what songwriting is about, man. The people I'm talking to here are lifers. They've made music their life. And when you make music your life, your life is music. The whole life battle of checking your ego and having the willingness to be honest with how you're feeling. That's that is the battle of songwriting. You know, and like I said, if music is your life, then your life is music. And how is your life? (laughs) Because that's going to be how your music is. You know, there's a lot of competition for your time. So I appreciate, I appreciate you guys making this part of your time. Um, Everyone take care, be safe, and I'll be back next week.